Was Gregory Hoffman one of the bigger disappointments of the Blue Jackets season? We're going to be talking about that today as well as looking at what went wrong with his tenure in Columbus and looking at how the Blue Jackets can avoid this kind of thing happening again. All that today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, you're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't know if you can hear my dog whining in the background, but uh, he is not the host of Locked On Blue Jackets. I am the host of Locked On Blue Jackets. Uh, I'm Jay Foster, here to bring you all of the bad, the good, the in-between, and the surprise of the season, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Sometimes surprising in bad ways, sometimes surprising in good ways, but I think you can all agree that the Blue Jackets are generally a pretty surprising uh, team. But uh, today we're going to be talking about someone who started the season as a Blue Jacket but did not finish the season as a Blue Jacket. Uh, We're going to be talking about Gregory Hoffman, who was one of the... uh, I believe he was traded to the Blue Jackets for a seventh-round pick from uh, Carolina. He... Hadn't played in the NHL before this. He'd spent his whole career in Switzerland. It was a big thing that he was coming over to the NHL at the age of, like, 28 to make his debut. Um, I think something else that's important to note as well is just before he... uh, Just before he joined the Blue Jackets, he tied for the lead in scoring at the World Championships that year with uh, GB's own Liam Kirk, but he was coming off of a very, very good international uh, tournament. I believe he scored seven goals in eight games. Uh, he scored six six goals in eight games uh, for Switzerland before joining Blue Jackets. Uh, before that, he'd spent, like I said, basically his entire career in Switzerland, like right up down to, like, the under-17s back in 2006, 2007. Um, So it was a big deal that he was coming over, and everyone was like, man, is he going to be the next Artemi Panarin? And, well, I don't think anyone said that seriously, but there was a lot of, like, but what if, though? Um, Unfortunately, he was not the next Artemi Panarin. Uh, Gregory Hoffman had not the best scoreline with the Blue Jackets. He played 24 games, had two goals, five assists, for seven points total before um, leaving. He uh, he went back to Switzerland for personal reasons, I believe, um, at the kind of the quarter mark of the season. And then he was gone for a little while, and then they were like, yeah, he's, he's not coming back. He's staying in Switzerland. Uh, he wants to be closer to his family. He wants to play in Switzerland, which is all fair enough, I think. Um, disappointing the way that it played out by don't when I say that Gregory Hoffman was a disappointment, I don't mean that he, the player was a disappointment. I think there was still something there that we could have, you know, we could have done something about, we could have found a place for him, you know, in the organization, but the whole situation, I think was a disappointment. Um, I don't even think he was that poor 
in uh, in his games. I think people were expecting because people are used to you know guys like Kaprizov coming over, guys like Panarin coming over after playing you know seven eight years in the pros or however many years they played, and then just dominating over here. And people were like, man, what if Gary Hoffman does that? And when he didn't do that, I think a lot of people were like, man, this guy's a bust, which is not necessarily the case. I think you can be in between you know, legitimate superstar player and total bust. And I think that's probably where Gregory Hoffman was going to land. Um, he hasn't, he wasn't super dominant even before joining the Blue Jackets. Uh, he was pretty much a point per game player uh, since he was a HC Lugano in 2017-18 and again 2018-19. Then he went to EV Zug. For 1920 and 2021, uh, he was a point per game player in most in all of those seasons. He had uh, in almost all of those seasons. Excuse me, had 39 points in 45 games, then 51 points in 50 games, 47 points in 50 games, 41 points in 36 games. So he wasn't like bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think he was game breakingly good in the way that you know Artemi Panarin and Kirill Kaprizov are. So I think that was. Just the hype didn't live up, which I think is the dangerous part of hyping players. Um, and I think that's kind of that was a similar thing with Ken Johnson. You know, everyone was kind of disappointed by his debut because he only had three points in his first nine NHL games or whatever. Sometimes hype is bad. Um, and just because a player doesn't meet the hype, doesn't meet the expectation, doesn't mean that they're a bust or that they're a bad player. I think it just means that they are not what people thought they were going to do, uh, which is, I mean, maybe if he'd stayed for the full season, something would have clicked. You know, 24 games is not a lot of games. It's just over a quarter of a season. Um, I believe he was, if not injured, then, you know, banged up for for a little while there. And then obviously going back to Switzerland for family reasons. And then I think while he was out there, he was like, actually, no, I want to, I want to stay here. It's not worth being in the NHL, being away from my family, things like that. So uh, kind of a, a, a letdown of a situation, not a letdown of a player, I think. Um, and so that was kind of that was kind of Gregory Hoffman. Um, in a minute, we're going to talk about kind of what he's been up to since leaving the Blue Jackets. But first, I've got to tell you all about Rock Auto, which you know you know by now. Rock Auto is uh, one of our favorite sponsors. And uh, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. But you know who can do that? Rock Auto can do that. Why would you endure pointless or intimidating questioning, wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, stay at home, you have access to computers with rockauto.com, either on your laptop, on your desk, or even in your pocket. You can do it on your phone, which is really cool because it's, you know, the year 2022 and you can do everything on your phone these days. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've been serving DIYers for over 20 years. They have reliably low prices no matter who you are, and they have everything for every car or truck. You know, if you need a brake part or a tail lamp or some motor oil, even things like new carpet, then you can find it at rockauto.com. All you have to do is put in the make and model of your car, and it will uh, show you all of the parts they have available. So go explore that easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
So since Gregor Hoffman left the Blue Jackets, he's kind of been doing okay. Uh, he went back and he played 17 games with Evie Zug, which was the uh, Swiss league team that he was playing with before he joined the Blue Jackets. Had 20 points in 17 games, 11 goals. Uh, didn't put a great showing in at the Olympic Games. Uh, played five games, didn't record a point. Switzerland uh, did not make it out of the... Uh, I think Switzerland made it out of the... Made it to the knockout stages and then immediately lost, but he was not really a factor in those. He was a minus eight in total in those Olympic Games. So, uh, you know, he hasn't gone back to Switzerland and suddenly become this elite player that I think people are like, man, he's one that got away. Um, but I think something that the Blue Jackets want to look at, or potentially the Blue Jackets should look at, is what went wrong? How do we prevent that from happening again? Um, and how do we keep players happy, which, you know, has been a problem basically the entire time the Blue Jackets have existed. And, you know, the Columbus stigma aside of, you know, the, the, the <laughs> it's in Ohio. That's the problem is I don't think people hate Columbus specifically because Columbus is a great, a great city. They hate Ohio and Columbus is just unlucky enough to be in Ohio. Um, sorry to everyone who is from Ohio, but that's, that's just kind of how it is. Um, but, you know, we've kind of, we haven't seen it to this extent before, but we've seen, you know, a handful of players. Uh, Dean Kukan recently announced that he was going back to Switzerland. He didn't want to be, didn't want to be in the NHL anymore, um, which sucks. I like Dean Kukan a lot. Uh, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter. He was probably going to be the eighth or ninth defenseman in the depth chart this season. So, like, it makes sense that he wants to go home and, you know, play at home instead of probably go down to the AHL or do the Scott Harrington sit on the bench for the entire season and not play. Um, which, you know, you can't judge him for that. Uh, you know, we saw it with uh, Jacob Lilia a couple of seasons ago. He joined, played, I think, half the season with the Blue Jackets, half the season with the Monsters, and then at the end of the season was like, right, well, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go back to back to Finland, I think he was from, uh, or Sweden, one of the two. Um same thing with uh, Miko Lettinen. He got put on waivers by the Blue Jackets. Instead of going down to Cleveland, went back to Finland um, and then led the team in scoring for this recent World Championships, I believe. So that's, uh, you know, at least he's doing okay. Just a... And I feel like this happens to every team, but because I'm so tuned into the Blue Jackets, it feels like it happens a lot. But I don't think it happened. it's happened to kind of this extent of a guy coming over, making his NHL debut, playing not badly, but playing only okay and then being like, actually, you know what, well, I changed my mind. Um, and that's kind of his his right to do so, frankly. Like, a lot of people were like, man, F this guy. We don't want him anyway. And people got really mad about it. But, like, he's a person. He can do what he wants. He can go where he wants. Um, you know, and if he doesn't want to play for the Blue Jackets, then fine. Like, honestly, I would rather, he said, I don't want to play for this team anymore and left than pretended he wanted to be here and then didn't try because, you know, he would have taken a, a roster spot away from someone else. I know he and uh, Igor Chinikov were kind of sharing that same roster spot for a little while. And frankly, I think Chinikov's, well, obviously, I don't think, I know Chinikov is younger. I think he has a higher ceiling. I would rather have Chinikov in the lineup than Gregory Hoffman. Like, that's just, that's just how it is. So uh, I'm not... 
I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I am kind of just disappointed that it didn't it didn't work out. Um, so uh, in a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about Hoffman specifically and kind of if the Blue Jackets could have maybe salvaged salvaged that relationship. But uh, that is that is what's coming up in a minute on Locked On Blue Jackets. So I think people were kind of, like I said a little bit earlier, people were really hard on Hoffman for going home. But I don't blame him. Um, I'm not going to rehash that whole thing. I do wonder if the Blue Jackets could have been like, well, okay, we'll loan you back to Switzerland, and then why don't you come back next season, and we'll see where you are. Um, but sometimes you know even even as i'm saying things like this i'm like you know what i don't think i don't think it would have worked um which is a shame and i think you know he came so highly touted and he came so off such a strong world championships that a lot of people myself included were like man this guy's gonna be really cool this guy's gonna be good like i don't think he's gonna be the next panarin but if we can get you know 20 goals out of this guy then hey we are everyone's a winner um, and so frustrating to have him, I hesitate to say give up. I don't think he gave up. I think he decided that it wasn't for him. I assume, I mean, I can only assume that he thought about this for a fairly long time. You know, I don't think this was a, this was a snap decision of, oh, I'm unhappy in America. I want to go home. I think this was him weighing up. Is the NHL worth staying away from my extremely pregnant wife, uh, our, you know, and then new baby, staying away from the rest of my family? Uh, obviously, you know, travel was a lot harder at the start of the season uh, because of COVID. I, uh, this felt like in hindsight, this feels like this was always the way it was going to go. I feel like if he had wanted to be in the NHL, he would have made the trip over sooner. Um, and I wonder if the only reason he made the trip over was because the Blue Jackets pushed, which makes sense. But I wonder if the reason he didn't come over is just because Carolina was like, no, like we drafted you. Uh, did they draft him or did they sign him as a free agent? Um, yeah, he was drafted in 2011, uh, fourth round by the Carolina Hurricanes. The Blue Jackets only gave up a seven pound pick for him as well. I mentioned that at the top of the episode. So like, it's not a loss, I don't think. Um, I don't think the Blue Jackets operated at a loss to swap a seventh-round pick for a guy that could potentially have been a pretty solid middle six guy, but unfortunately, didn't work out that way. Um, and I, d- I think it was probably always going to play out this way because I don't think this was him being like, "I want to play in the NHL." I think this was the Blue Jackets calling him off, being like, "Hey, we'd like you to come and play for us," and him being like, mm, "I guess," because I think if he wanted to be in the NHL, he would have made that jump much sooner than the age of. 28 you know especially he was under it wasn't a Kaprizov situation it wasn't a Panarin situation of you know they went undrafted and then signed as random free agents you know after killing it in the KHL for a couple of years this was a guy that what that had access to an NHL team an NHL team owned his rights you know um and unfortunately it just didn't pan out uh I don't ask people for a letter grade for Hoffman because it felt unfair to 
to rank uh, to to rate a guy that only played in the NHL for twenty four games and you know didn't really have that much of a body of work. You know, like we talked about Kevin Stanley in two hundred fifty three games for Blue Jackets, but he also played a bunch of time for Cleveland. Um, you know, when we're going to look at a couple of guys like that, but it uh, it's not the same, I think. Um, so Gregory Hoffman gets an incomplete from me. Um, if you guys think differently, if you have particularly strong feelings about giving him an F or whatever, then, you know, get in the comments. But that's kind of where I'm at of 24 career NHL games. Like, yeah, that's, I don't know, that seems like an incomplete to me, frankly. Uh, 24 North American games, honestly. Like, like that's the thing. He didn't play in the NHL. He hasn't been in the ECHL or the SPHL. You know, he didn't play juniors over here. He played a total of 24 games in North America, and that was that was it. So I am standing by my incomplete rating. Um, and that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about Justin Danforth, who got some very strong reactions when I uh, asked this question on Twitter about, you know, what letter grade should he get? So I'm excited to look at those and record that episode. Uh, that's coming up tomorrow. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day, despite the fact that I am currently recording at 2.22 uh, p.m. Uh, it's fine. I appreciate you for stopping on by, making this your first, your second, your third, your final listen, or your watch of the day. Lots of Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, then uh, that's probably for the best, uh, because it is very warm here, and I am uh, very, very red. So uh, maybe stick to the audio version for this one. But thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I will be back tomorrow. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can drop me an email at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.